passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Hello, hello. Welcome into a very special episode of At The Turn. Before we get into business, let's take care of business. The podcast is brought to you by Piper Golf. Go to piper.golf. Use that promo code TURN10 at checkout for 10% off incredible golf balls. We got some hats coming. We're very excited. All right, Nick, enough of that. We have a big interview to get to with Tom Etzel, a former member of Pumpkin Ridge Golf Club who left the club because Live Golf is coming to Pumpkin this weekend. It's the most, I, I can't say this strongly enough. For folks that aren't in this area, it is the most prestigious course in the area. It has a private side and a public side. I've played it a half dozen times. You got pictures of Tiger Woods in the clubhouse. He won his third U.S. Amateur out there. David Duvall's got his picture up there. They've hosted U.S. Women's Opens. This place is a big deal, and they've lost 40-ish members because of this decision, Nick. I think uh, a couple a couple awesome takeaways from our conversation with Tom that we'll get into, but um, the biggest thing, and from, from what you're saying here, is just that the ownership group is out of touch with the city, with the residents. Portland, Oregon is like the exact opposite end of the spectrum of live golf. I mean, those two things do not intersect at all. The Venn diagram is just two circles sitting next to each other. Um, it, it took kind of this ownership group that that Tom will talk about um, that just happened to have property in Oregon that, that kind of made this all happen. But it just seems very disjointed that, that Liv is coming to Portland in Pumpkin Ridge in its membership and in the the Portlandians who who adore this facility are kind of the victims. So it's owned by Escalante Golf. They bought it in 2015. It's a Texas-based private equity firm. Uh, just so folks are aware, we have done our due diligence. I've sent them multiple emails trying to get them on to share their side of the story. Not surprisingly, they were not interested in doing that. Our conversation with Tom focuses on 
Pumpkin Ridge. We do talk about the broader live scale. What we don't talk about is sports washing. Other podcasts have done this really, really well. The, if, if you're looking for a sports washing 101 with the golf focus, I can't recommend enough. As soon as you're done listening to our conversation with Tom, because it's worth the wait, go to the Freakonomics podcast. They did a really, really good job explaining it, breaking it all down to give you more context for this conversation. Tom was very candid. Um, we, we're, we're not going to spoil it, but we did ask him how much money Pumpkin Ridge is getting, and his his answer is very interesting. Um, so please, Nick, do you have anything else to add before we get to Tom? No, it's a great it's a great conversation we had with Todd with, with Tom. I'm sorry, uh, I played golf with a guy named Todd today. That's why that name was on the tip of my tongue. But um, very insightful uh, to the membership of Pumpkin Ridge, the vibe, the, the Portland feel, and, and what you can do, what actions one person can take when they don't really have a whole lot of control. Well said, Tom Etzel is the CEO of an event management company, Etzel Agency. So he is involved in this space. It's it's a really interesting talk. Enjoy it, and we'll talk soon. Let's start chronologically. In March, a letter that was sent to Pumpkin Ridge members informing them that Live Golf was coming to play a tournament in a few months was made public, created a local firestorm. What was your reaction when you heard the news? Yeah, and they, you know, they had the club had sent the letter to members. I, I had, I did not, had not received it at that time. And, and I found out through somebody sending me a text message of a, of a, a picture of John Canzano, uh, posting the letter on his, on his, I think, Twitter feed. Um, so that was the first time that I had, that I had, you know, been aware of anything. You know, I was, I was a few things. I was, um, I was surprised. Um, I was shocked. And, and probably more than anything, I was disappointed, um, was probably the kind of emotions that I felt at that time. Um, because again, I was, I had not heard any rumors. Um, I had not been aware that they were even looking at it. Um, and, uh, so I, yeah, I felt all of those emotions. You made the decision to leave the club, to leave Pumpkin Ridge as a member, um, was that a, a pretty quick and easy decision for you or or can you walk us through that process? Was Did you have to kind of do some more research, talk with some other individuals? What was that decision-making process like for you? Well, I think it, there was a few steps along the way for sure, um, but I, I kind of knew if I could – I'm a pretty resilient, uh, competitive person, so I thought maybe I could make a difference or maybe maybe change some minds. Um, and And so my first initial thought was, can I reverse the the decision or change the outcome? Um, and based on the results of that, I kind of had the decision, you know, which way I was going to go. And and so I, I was a little unique. I think uh, I had a, I've had a, a relationship with Escalante corporate office um, and have a relationship obviously with the pumpkin Ridge management. So I individually without even consulting with any other members, I, I reached out to Escalante um, corporate uh, in Dallas first and and I was reached out to one of the partners of Escalante and and um, he responded back and and um, set up a call with uh, Ryan McDonald a spokeswoman for Escalante that works for Escalante to, for her and I to have a phone conversation um, now 
Oh, I'm sorry. I, I imagine, you know, you said you're, you were kind of trying to reverse their decision. Um, you know, I imagine they were probably trying to reverse your decision or persuade you that, that what they were doing was the right thing. Was that their stance at all? Did they, you know, is there anything you want to share? Or can no, share not about really. I mean, I, I think, you know, when they, obviously I saw the announcement via the letter that they had sent, you know, most people probably took that as okay. The decision has been made and, and we're moving forward with this. And, and I think, you know, we're all individuals as members in theory, right? Um, I wasn't there representing my agency or anybody other than me as a member of Pumpkin Ridge, having been there since 2007. Um, so I wanted to get a better understanding, you know, what led them to that decision. Was there any members even included or, or part of the process to, to make that decision to host a live event? And and share the reasons, you know, why I thought it was, it was, uh, you know, the wrong decision. So, um, I did speak to Ryan McDonald, you know, a few days after that we had, we had a call and it was a, it was a very, I guess, pleasant conversation. I'm not a, you know, I didn't get up on my soapbox and, and rant and rave or anything like that, but I did ask them, you know, I'm a very transparent person and direct and, and I, you know, asked some pretty direct questions and, and, uh, you know, it was very clear to me um, that, and she made it very clear that this was not uh, a decision that they included members on. And, uh, it was a corporate decision. Um, and as the, both of, you know, you know, one of their other courses, the international outside of Boston, which they own is also hosting an event. So it was definitely in, in my opinion and listening to Ryan's, uh, give answers to me. Um, it was more of a corporate decision and not an individual, uh, club decision. Um, definitely a lot of corporate, uh, responses, um, you know, on, on some of the things. And, you know, I guess my, my biggest disappointment, my voice to her was, you know, you're out of touch with this community and, um, this, I don't think this area, this region, um, it doesn't align with our, our values in my, in my opinion. Um, and I think it took away a lot of the history of the golf course hosting major events, whether it's, you know, USGA events and, you know, a Tiger Woods winning a uh, U.S. amateur there to two women's U.S. Opens to David Duvall winning the, you know, Nike Tour Championship back in the day at Ghost Creek. Um, and I think there was, you know, potentially a future of, of other USGA or LPGA or PGA related events. And I, you know, my fear is that that kind of this eliminated uh, any future opportunities for that club to host, you know, an event with one of those organizations. You know, Tom, you say that your relationship with Escalante is probably a little bit unique in the membership of Pumpkin Ridge. I did read that the executives from Escalante actually came to Pumpkin to have a meeting with the members. Uh, I'm curious, did you attend that and whether or not you did or didn't, have you gotten anything other than sort of boilerplate responses in terms of the real sincere questions that you're asking about your concerns at the time when this news was made apparent to you? You know, Joe, I, I was not able to attend that meeting. Um, I was traveling for for business there. I did have a couple of friends that were members that were members that also left uh, that did attend uh, the event. Um, Ryan, uh, she was there along with her father, who's one of the uh, one of the owners at Escalante, were were um, in attendance. It was on a Wednesday, I think, from like a ten to two, so it uh, very short notice. So you know those people in the workforce, that's a tough, tough time slot. And I was like, I asked her, I kind of challenged her on that. I said, she said, well, we didn't come out for, um, 
we did not come out for the purpose of listening to the members, uh, you know, their pros and cons of us hosting the event. They were actually coming out to meet with live, live golf executives at the golf course. And they decided, well, we're here. We'll open up a couple hours to listen to some members. Um, I did talk to some members that, you know, it was kind of a, they were there over four hour period or three hour period. Members could kind of come and go and voice. Uh, I did talk to a couple members that did attend um, voice some frustration again, very boilerplate responses. Um, and then you also heard some other members that necessarily weren't challenging them hosting, but like, are you going to take away my golf course for, you know, seven days in the middle of July and, and so forth. So like anything in life, there's people have different, uh, emotions on it and, and different stances and different concerns. And I think they heard a few of them, but it was, I think they just scheduled that me, my understanding because they were already in town and, Let's let's you know listen to a few members and hear what they have to say. So you were a member at Pumpkin Ridge since 2007. Uh, presumably, you've you've built a lot of relationships with other members within the club. Uh, it's been speculated as many as 40 members have left the club uh, because of this decision that they made. Do you get the feeling that there are any members who are on the other end who are actually excited that it's it's going to be on? Uh, let's face it, it is a big stage. You know, it's going to put Pumpkin Ridge on a big stage. Do you get the sense there are any members that, that are kind of feeling that way? You know, I don't know if they're like, oh my gosh, this great event's coming. I think there are some, I haven't spoken to them. Um, I had a, you know, I was a member there for 15 years, but I'm, um, you know, I'm, I'm one of those <laughs> golf club members that uh, country clubs probably love because I, I, I'm not your Saturday morning, you know, play with the same group every, I, I used it more as a, I, I enjoy golf and, and I, uh, use it to kind of as a getaway for me in the, in the nice weather of the year and the evenings and so forth. But, you know, there were some members that I think, Hey, we'll go see them. Um, you know, if they're here at our course, we'll go see some, you know, some, some professional golfers play, but I, I, I have not spoken to anybody like, oh my gosh, this is amazing for us to to have this at our golf course. Um, I don't know if you're either of you are aware they're actually playing a combination of Witch Hollow and Ghost Creek, so it's not even, you know, a lot of golf courses that host professional tournaments, whether that's the PGA or LPGA. One of their selling points is come play, you know, the course that the professionals played, and um, I don't know what the exact whole combination, but they're playing some holes of Ghost and some holes of Witch, so whether you're a, somebody going out to play ghost Creek or a member at Witch hollow in theory, you're not going to play the same golf course that, that the live golf uh, professionals play those three days. Um, but I, I have not talked to anybody, Nick, um, that is truly excited and, and really, you know, proud to host the group, but that doesn't mean that they're not out there. Pumpkin Ridge is managed locally, but it's owned by Escalante who took over ownership in 2015 in a previous conversation, Tom, you mentioned that you knew the previous owners as well. Can you walk us through the ownership transition and whether or not you really saw any differences, could see this coming because of how the course was managed? You mentioned that kind of came out of left field, so I have to assume not. No, I mean, I, I don't know if there's a direct link to how the course was managed. I mean, I... Um the founders of Pumpkin Ridge were longtime Portland uh, area business uh, individuals, and and they were visible. You know, my first, you know, what was it probably twelve years of the, and and I had known them prior to me joining the golf club just through the community, and and they were, 
more so just members rather than owners, right? Um, and American Golf got involved, uh, you know, several years ago alongside the original founders. And then I can't remember the exact year that that Escalante came in and 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 purchased uh, the golf course from the original owners. But I didn't see much tra- much difference. Uh, Pumpkin Ridge has, you know, for whatever reason, has had a, a difficult time. Uh, whether it's a general manager or director of golf, you know, have some longevity there. They've, they've had a lot of management changes, even with the previous group uh, prior to Escalante coming on board. And so um, I think, you know, a lot of places have a personality and that's tied, whether it's with a, a company or it's no different at a, at a, at a golf course, whether it's a red tail or a, or a pumpkin Ridge, you, you kind of associate in the character of that, facility or that golf course um is tied to those who who lead it on a daily basis right um you know if there was any any ever feedback amongst the membership it was escalante was an out-of-town ownership and they they didn't really have a sense of of the members or the community which um you know i don't know if i have a if i have a stance on that because i wasn't you know I, i didn't go out there every single week or anything like that but if you did hear one thing uh, about that is that, you know, it's an out of town group that owns a golf course in Cornelius, Oregon. You mentioned earlier in your conversation, um, you know, your, your point was you're, you're to Escalante, you're out of touch with, with Portland, you're out of touch with your, your membership. Was there any kind of response to that or, or just, just kind of like you said, the, the boilerplate corporate, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. And I don't, I, I I'm not going to, I don't have the quote Ryan gave me word for word, but um, they, it's a corporate philosophy of theirs. They, they do not look to members for feedback on that. It's a, it's a corporate decision that they made. I mean, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of private and public golf courses in this country as, as the three of us know. And, and, you know, I just find it a little ironic that out of the four or five tournaments that are going to be hosted in the U S Escalante has two of them. Um, So, um, that tells me a couple of things that tells me there's a lot of courses that didn't want it. Um, and you know, there's a relationship there that, that they chose to, to form. And it's, you know, the responses are not very different from what you're hearing from the, from the golfers and, and from, uh, from Greg Norman is that, um, they say they're doing it to, um, you know, to support the sport of golf and, and try to try to make change in the sport of golf. Uh, you know, Again, you can make your own conclusion to that. I, I, I'm not sure how that's gonna, uh, how hosting the tournament Pumpkin Ridge is gonna help change the sport of golf. But that's that's my opinion, and um, I just think, you know, Pumpkin Ridge is gonna be there the week after this tournament leaves, and the year after, and the year after, and and it has a, I think a a, a great reputation in this community from both a public and private facility, and has has hosted a lot of corporate outings, hosted a lot of professional tournaments, and hosts a lot of rounds of golf like the three of us play at times. And I think, you know, my biggest challenge to them is, is one week or four days of professionals coming in and playing your golf course and leaving. Is it, you know, is it worth it in the big picture? I don't think it is. Um, and you know, the great thing is, as, as individuals, we can control the environments that we, that we live and play in. And that was my biggest message to her. There's, there's a lot of places I can play golf in this community. And, um, based on their decision, I decided to, 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 you know, to leave and, and play golf somewhere else. Well, there's a, 
there's a really good parallel with this whole situation uh, for the point you just made, and, and that's Phil Mickelson. He's somebody who, up until 12 months ago, or, or less than that, six months ago, had a had a great legacy and was loved by by almost everybody. And the way this has all transpired, he's he's really kind of set his legacy on fire. And I think people say time will tell, you know, how long this this stain really lasts. But I think it's I think it's starting to become pretty clear that. Um, he will be remembered differently than we thought he would be a year ago. Um, do you see it kind of playing out the same way for Pumpkin Ridge? You know, I, I, it's, it's a good question. I think that's, you know, there's who knows what the future holds. I mean, I, two months ago, I'm not, I wasn't even sure that the event was even going to happen here, you know, in two weeks now, obviously it looks like it's, it's going to, uh, you know, I, I would be surprised if it doesn't. Um, I think, until we get to that week and see what the response of the community is, um, you know, obviously I don't think any of us know what the contract they have with Escalante looks like, or if it's a annual event for multi-years or if it's this, you know, this one event. Um, I, but I think the future of it is probably a lot going to be dependent on, on how it's received in this community. Um, you know, they don't have a television uh, deal, you know, both in the U S or globally, are they, you know, they have more money than, you know, than, uh, than they need. And so do they, they're not really relying on a large attendance for people to buy tickets. Um, I have not been out to the golf course, obviously, since I, since I left the club, but I've heard they're building some hospitality suites out there. Um, but you know, are there going to be protests? Are, are people going to show up? Um, all those things. And how do you control that? Um, I think will be a lot of dictating the future of it. Will it stay in the golf course? I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't know. Um, I know for me, it's going to hold a lot of personal memories, um, you know, and I'll, I'll still retain those memories. Um, and I, I was able to attend a lot of the professional events that were, that were there. I don't think it can take away from the past. Right. I think it, it could more affect what the future, uh, reputation of it is. Um, obviously it's a great property, um, and, and has had a lot of history to it. I think it's not so much about will it stain what Pumpkin Ridge has hosted in the past, both from a local and national global perspective. I think it's more what's the reputation moving forward and what's what's it going to be known for. Um, so, I think that's a great point, Tom. It's like any sort of relationship. Just because the fracturing of it was bad and moving forward, you'll never look at it the same way, doesn't mean that all of the good stuff that happened is clouded in your mind now. Tiger yeah. Woods still won a U.S. amateur out there. Right. I still had a very memorable day with my dad out there. And none of that's going to change. It's just how we look at it moving forward is completely different now. Yeah, and I think, again, the status of live moving forward is is unknown. I, I mean, again, I don't think they're going anywhere anytime soon. Um, they've made some pretty big investments, both from a player perspective and just a presence. And so uh, I think, again, in a couple of weeks, um, We'll have a better idea of 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 how this community, uh, you know, embraces it or doesn't embrace it. Um, you know, I, I look at it more of. A, I was telling Joe this on a previous conversation. I, you know, in my professional life, I we go in and put on live events in in other people's homes, whether that's at you know other cities or other uh, commercial properties, private properties, and and you you create a partnership not only with that property and, but with the municipalities around it from the, you know, the cities, the 
visitors bureaus of uh, social, you know, convention centers and all those kind of things. And I don't get the sense from, uh, you know, in this community that those relationships were even uh, a part of this. And so they're kind of coming in and then leaving. And, and so I don't know what that ripple effect beyond um, Pumpkin Ridge is going to be. Um, but I, I, I do know that, you know, whether it's the, the, the typical organizations that support events like this, that come to a market like, like a Portland metropolitan area that they're not, they're not involved, you know, with live on this. So um, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. You mentioned you're in this space, Tom, and something that has really struck me. And I guess I'm not terribly surprised considering it's Portland. There's no advertising anywhere. You haven't seen it on radio, television, billboards, when the LPGA is in town, when IndyCar is in town, it's everywhere. You can't turn on a TV or flip on the radio or see a billboard. You you know what's happening in town. It is just surreal to me that two of the most important five golfers of the 21st century are going to be playing the most prestigious course in this area. And unless you're really plugged into what's happening with this, you're not even going to know that it's going on unless it's a newspaper article basically indicating that the membership of Pumpkin Ridge is upset that this is coming. On the flip side of it, because you are in this space from a business perspective, clearly there's a lot of money to go around. Are you surprised at all that any businesses in this area aren't trying to jump in and be a part of this? Or do you think it's just way too toxic for anyone to even consider? I mean, I only can react to what I know, right? And what I've seen. And, and, and I don't think there's anybody corporate America that's touching this right now. Right. I mean, what's the first thing that happens when a player commits to the, to, to, you know, to join live golf, their, their sponsors immediately, you know, walk away. Um, you're right. I mean, I, I both in golf and outside of golf been involved in both a lot of local, regional, national, global events. And typically you're, you're, penetrating the marketplace with other corporate supporters, with media partners, um, you know, and we just haven't seen that uh, up to this point with Live Golf. The only media that I've, that I've seen, um, you know, whether it's through podcasts like the two of you are doing or, or print or digital stuff has been on the negative, you know, side of it. Um, so again, I don't think they, in their business model, they don't need what traditional events that 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 we've known both in this market and around the country have have done they've gone out and embraced the corporate community the the the, the charitable organizations within those communities and, and that's just not part of their business model and so i don't from my knowledge i don't I, you know i talk to a lot of companies both locally and nationally every day and i i don't know any even companies that they've even reached out to 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 be a part of and and obviously there's some vendors that have had to support you know from a, a vendor community that the infrastructure that's needed to put on the event there's there has to be some companies that have said yes because i know they are building some infrastructure out there on the flip side of that i do know some um you know well-respected vendors in that space that have said no to live golf so um i think you know it, again it's it's such a different model than what that we're accustomed to here um uh in the united states as far as traditional LPGA and PGA or corn ferry events um, that a lot of those mechanisms that are needed to support those events aren't needed because they have a, they have, have the Saudi sovereign fund that can write the check for everything. Um, so they're not so much relying on the local community from a, a corporate or even a, a ticket base. 
I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't ask this, and this can very simply be a one-word answer, Tom. Does the membership have any idea how much money was involved here? No. Um, I asked the question um, to to Ryan when I spoke to her, and and she downplayed the the money part of it. Um, again, I didn't. I was I was happy they allowed the conversation to happen. Right? You know, I'm one again. I'm one person. Uh, I, I'm making no decision based on Tom Etzel. I'm not out here making my decision on somebody's morals or values for anybody else. I only can control myself. And so I did control myself. And, and I made the decision, obviously, once I had that conversation and knew that this event was going to move forward, that it was not a place that I wanted to be associated with. Um, and so I made the immediate decision to leave and, and several other members did too. Um, I don't know what the dollar amount, I've not heard any dollar amount. Um, but I would have to believe with everything that's been conversed and, and, you know, brought to light, you know, both nationally and globally that uh, I could only speculate that number can't be a small one. Uh, Cause why else would you do it? I mean, Phil Mickelson didn't sign on for live golf, you know, for a uh, million dollars, right. Um, that wasn't going to get him to, to say yes. What number did he sign for? I don't know. Um, but it wasn't a small one. Um, does that transfer and translate to, the golf courses or the facilities that are hosting them here in the U S or, or in, in London last week. I mean, again, I would be pure speculation, but I, I, I would imagine it wasn't a small number. Tom, the last thing I want to ask is now that you've had some time and some distance from when this actually occurred, do you feel like you're at peace with where things are? You seem like a very even keel guy. This is only the second time we've spoken, but there had to be some emotion um, at the time, but now that you're a little bit removed from it, are you just like, well, it's unfortunate, but this is what had to happen and let's just move on. Yeah, no, I've, I've been, a, I mean, I knew what I was going to do right away. I mean, I, again, it, it didn't, I know the makeup of who I am and again, and I'm, I just control me and, but I also control those who I associate with and, and not just from an individual, the, the clubs or the, you know, I'm, you know, you, you align yourself with the same kind of similar morals and values, but also know that everybody's different and, and has different viewpoints on things. And you respect that. Uh, I've been very much at peace. Was I sad? Yeah. I mean, it, again, on a, now that sun, summer has officially started today and we, <laughs> you know, am I going to miss a going out there at six 30 at night on a Tuesday in July and playing nine or 12 holes? You bet. I mean, there's, there's, not too many places is beautiful, but there's other beautiful places too. And, um, you know, I've actually, uh, transferred and joined Oregon golf club. Um, and, um, you know, that's going to be my special place now, but yeah, I'll, it'll always hold a, a great place with me. I, I, there's some played some great rounds with my father and my family and friends and, and those won't, won't be replaced, but I also, I'm not going to get too sentimental about it. Um, it's, it's a great golf course. Yes. I played many rounds there and, um, you know, I, I don't see myself playing there, um, uh, anytime in the future. And, but, uh, I think I did, I looked at this Joe and Nick, and it's like, what can I do? Um, I'm probably not going to change their mind of hosting it. I'm not going to make a big difference, but I also wasn't just going to stay silent and just, and just move. When I say stay silent, I was going to voice what I felt because I'm very comfortable with it. I feel good about uh, the decision I made and, and, you know, I don't have any plans on going out and supporting the event. Um, and life goes on. Uh, 
it's obviously a big topic in our world today right now. And I think it's going to continue to be for the next two or three months based on some decisions more from the professional ranks. Uh, I am curious though, what, what's going to happen here in two weeks out there? Is there going to be, you know, media outside the gates? Is there going to be protesters? I don't know. Uh, I guess we'll, we'll wait to find out. And that's what Nick and I were talking about before you came on is it's just going to be so interesting to see what actually happens. And Nick, Nick's asked me a few times, like, Joe, aren't you curious to get out there? And sure, part of me is like the morbid curiosity, but I wouldn't be going out to watch like Dustin Johnson and Phil Mickelson compete, which is earnestly what someone theoretically should be doing out there. I would want to see, is this a circus? Like what actually is going to be going on? Because we're we're shown one thing, but is that actually the reality of the circumstance? You know, I think it's going to be a lot. Yeah, it's going to be a lot based off what you're you know, desire wants are right. I mean, like I'm a little jaded because I'm in the industry. So I've seen a lot of, you know, pretty special moments in sports firsthand and so forth. So I wouldn't even, you know, lose an ounce of sleep if I, if, you know, Dustin Johnson and Patrick Reed are playing golf out there. Like I wouldn't be on the other side of town going, Oh my gosh, what am I missing? Um, and unfortunately I don't think that's the storyline, right? I mean, the storyline, whether it's, you know, at the U.S. Open this past week, and you saw some of the frustration of some of the players that are that are not part of Live Golf and and just the overall golf community. I think it's just that curiosity factor of where are we going to be a month from now? Where are we going to be six months from now? Where are we going to be a year from now? What's the landscape of both from a competitive player perspective? What's the alignment with the Live and the PGA and the DP Tour? Like, are they going to be playing in the majors? Are they not? Are they going to be world ranking points? I think. I think that's going to be more of the global curiosity and, and intrigue is all those things and how those dominoes fall. Um, I think for us in this local community that I know the two of you are a part of, it's going to be what's, are they, you know, are they welcomed here? Or is it just going to be an event that comes and goes and people move on? Because let's be honest, uh, the majority of the population, like you said, probably doesn't even know this event's coming here. But those that are, they're either, you know, they're either, no, I'm not supporting that. I can't support that or yeah, big deal. It's going to, you know, whatever I think. So, uh, but I, I do think um, it's important in anything in life to stand up for what you believe in. And, and, um, and I think we all have that opportunity and, and, you know, obviously there's going to be uh, people that choose different paths. Tom, you've been very generous with your time. Thanks for hopping on and talking with us yeah. about this. I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time at The Turn.